Hey folks, and welcome to Drinking Alone with Friends, a podcast where three friends drink alone together. My name's Chris. What up? It's Tud. And I'm Obert. And welcome to season two of Drinking Alone with Friends. Yeah, how does everybody like that new uh, intro music that we definitely, definitely put in front of this episode? Yeah, 100% of the of of this episode has new intro music, most likely, probably asterisk, asterisk. asterisk. (laughs) See, I heard the same music, so I'm just going to... Just gonna leave that in there. <laughs> the audience doesn't know how long it took us all to agree on the first in the first season's uh, intro and outro music. So there's no way we're gonna get this figured out before Thursday. <laughs> pulling, pulling back the kimono, I believe Chris sent us a link and said, "This is our intro music. Here you go." <laughs> no, I we mean, went through a few. Yeah, we did. We did go through a few, to be honest. But um, but yeah, I mean, the one that we have, it's just it's tried and true and trustworthy and. Um, you know, we're, we threw it out the window for whatever you just heard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm still sticking with the fact that we're all lazy enough, or all too lazy to come up with new music. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's lazy or if it's just the fact that uh, both of them sound so similar. Because we want, we didn't want to throw off all the old, uh, the, okay. the old listeners, you know? Yeah, if you but just wanted... listen right as it fades out, you might be able to hear that new note. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. We, we tried to license Call Me Maybe. Mm, yeah. But... She yeah, CRJ rest- is still waiting for that return call. Yeah, she right. never we called sent, us we back. We sent an email. Yeah. Car- Carly Ray Jemson at callmemaybe.com. And uh, we haven't heard anything back. So if you guys know her, just shoot shoot her an email. Let her know. That, or just uh, talk to her next time you see her. Yeah. <laughs> Tell her to call yeah. us, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that w- <laughs> yeah call-, <laughs> call us, maybe, please. Yeah. Email us your general thoughts, maybe. Yeah. Tell her <laughs> that we threw a wish in a well. But she can't ask because we'll never tell. But oh, we want see, her that's song the to be issue. our intro. That's the issue right there. <laughs> we can't tell her. Damn it. Well, I mean, from from her one biggest hit, we all know she's a very non-committal person. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I she's probably go, thinking about it. I hope to go meet her at the Big E and say, hey, this is crazy. But can we use your song as an intro to our podcast? And she'll just say, Maybe. <laughs> oh, I forgot you you have the opportunity to go see CRJ in in person at the Big E this year. Yeah. That's that's something that, you know, they didn't have that when I went to the Big E. They had the chocolate covered bacon and all that stuff, but they didn't have CRJ. Yeah, I'm a little upset. It's kind of uh awful timing considering that I'm married. Right. Yeah, this your one chance for uh for getting Carly Rae to, to marry you is now gone forever. Oh, is that what you were going for? I wasn't sure what that was supposed to lead to. <laughs> <laughs> right over the top. It's of that. like you're at the biggie with with Caitlin and all of a sudden you, you see CRJ, you lock eyes and yeah. you're like, "You know what? Maybe." <laughs> she just yeah yeah she just makes sure she gets her manager a, a note that says call me maybe <laughs> give that to that that man in the audience there who looks like he has a magnificent podcasting voice <laughs> oh man yeah so welcome to season two we love that you stuck around for 53 episodes especially since we just talked about call me maybe again again for four minutes <laughs> hey that's fine this is premium premium content that the listeners can't get enough of. You know, uh, very true. Ju- just as a throwback to season one, hopefully everybody in Florida has stayed safe through the hurricane. And you know, <laughs> here's the news from you know days and days ago. By the time you listen to this podcast, so weather is different in different places. Weather is different in different places. It's sunny and beautiful here. 
in you lovely sure? Connecticut. Because it's, it, it's barely sunny here, and it's I'm assuming it's dark out there by by now. Shh, the sun doesn't <laughs> set in Connecticut. Yeah, the famous yes, sunshine does. state of Connecticut. Correct. Right. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it's called. Yep. But yeah, so I think I think we have to kick off season two the same way we kicked off season one with by drinking alone with our friends. A fantasy by drinking football alone draft? with our friends. Um, with with better audio granted than than episode one. So, um, do you guys want to kick it off, or do you want me to go because I'm the outlier this week? Maybe we should sandwich you in the middle. Oh yeah, oh. sexy sandwich. That's for sure. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> let's do right. let's let's do a sandwich with some tequila bread here because sure. okay, I'll go first. I think I'll, I'll save Tuds for last because I think this is going to be a little something a little different. Mm. So, uh, astute listeners who. Listen to my handle last week and probably guess what I'm going to bring to the podcast because I have my first infusion. Um, we, nice. We talked about it. I was going to do the Huckleberry infusion with a uh, Blanca tequila instead. I uh, or Blanca tequila. I went with um, Reposado because that's my go-to, and I am remaking a classic recipe from one of our early episodes of the podcast, which is my my famous margarita. Um. This recipe is going to be one third lime juice, um, and then a third triple sec. And I used, I switched up from a classic to, uh, margarita recipe, and I have half of that is just regular triple sec, and half is Cointreau. So okay. that's a little bit different. Yeah, I like mm-hmm. to kind of add both of those flavors in. Um, I think I think it adds a nice balance to this drink. And then I have my huckleberry aged tequila and so for this i just took a mason jar uh filled it with about a quarter cup maybe a third of a cup of huckleberries and this is in an eight ounce mason jar and then i filled it to the very brim till i had a nice meniscus on my jar (laughs) put the lid on made sure there was no air in there set it on my counter and just you know every day twice a day i would just go over and kind of shake it up get that those bits floating around you can either do it with uh, muddled huckleberries. I instead just went straight up, didn't muddle them. I wanted a uh, clean thing I didn't have to filter. So I aged that for roughly two weeks. And over that time, I t- sampled it you know, every couple of days or so. Now, and um, I think it's ready. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe you told us all on the podcast that it was supposed to take a month. I did. I I'm did. I'm a little bit confused as to why we're drinking it two weeks later. I was surprised at how quickly it was ready. Um, I didn't expect it to absorb the flavor so quickly, but that's um, you know just by looking at it, I I could see that it was like a dark red color, and you'll see on the the post, and you guys can see here that it's it looked like it absorbed the flavor really quickly. So I I decided to check on it early and was like, oh wow, yeah, I think ready earlier than I thought it was going to be. So. Okay. And so, yeah, everyone else, can you also tell us what a huckleberry tastes like as a non-huckleberry eater? You know, <laughs> this is, see, Todd, this is really a job for you as our fruit connoisseur of the pod. I wish that, <laughs> I wish that you were here to, to explain because. A Cicerone of fruit. Yeah. Is, is, I mean, it, it looks like a blueberry. It is. Me. It's, um, I would say it's a little tart, a little more tart than a blueberry. Like okay. a blackberry. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Black- blackberries are like they're they're definitely smaller than a blueberry. Like a raspberry? Not as many seeds as a raspberry. <laughs> okay, watermelon berry? 
Yeah, they're basically watermelon berries. No, it's it's a unique flavor. I th- I like to say it has a little bit of a sour apple flavor to it. Oh, so star but I've never heard anybody else describe it like that. So maybe I'm just making that up. Right. It's definitely, and I've talked about huckleberries. This is probably like the fourth episode I brought them up at least. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, they're definitely our thing in Montana, especially Western Montana. I was about um, to say it probably took to the to the tequila so fast because it's those those ripe uh, Montana huckleberries. That's probably exactly why. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, freshly picked. I feel like the huckleberries are my new favorite fruit, and I've never had one. So just by listening to this podcast, <laughs> you know, I've had a I've had a few requests from people to have me send them some huckleberry infused liquor. So ooh, there um, we go. Yeah, maybe maybe I can get some to you guys some way. I don't know how. Probably but, not. Um, I feel like that's probably my, impossible. Uh, that's my request now. Yeah, I could I could probably make that happen. I need to buy some more though. Um, I only picked about maybe two cups, and uh, they're going fast. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but so in addition to my, my typical recipe, yeah, I, I shake that over ice, poured it in a glass because I knew we were going to be recording for a while tonight. I made a double and I added some crushed ice to it. I think this would actually be a really good recipe to have over a blended ice. Like I don't normally do that. I don't have a blender. I think that drinks normally, I'm not a big fan of blended ice drinks like pina coladas or um, frozen daiquiris, but if you like pina coladas, you know every once in a while the mood strikes you, and I think that caught in the rain, a drink this this not like Florida. <laughs> that's that's a little too much wind. <laughs> yeah, what Ted said. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I added some more blended ice to this, kind of water it down a little bit, and I think that was the right call. Um, I I had to sample some a little bit before we started because. Unlike cracking open a beer, I had to make sure that I had the proportions just right to bring to all the listeners the right way to go about it. And um, um, I'm not sure if I got this part in it earlier, but yeah, it's a third tequila as well. That was my missing my missing third is that aged tequila. So, um, so with one that, one third I'm, ice, one third triple sec, one third tequila, and two one third lime juice, and two thirds love as well. That makes up the, the remaining two thirds. <laughs> So many thirds. Oh, and I garnished it with like four or five huckleberries. They sunk to the bottom because uh, I waited too long to drink it. But um, mm. All right, hurry up and drink because I'm thirsty. Yeah, so that's basically the ingredients in this drink. And as always, I'm going to give my, my creation here a five out of five as I give all of my cocktails because <laughs> they're always delicious <laughs> and made with love and 200% ingredients. That's really the trick. <laughs> it is really the key. We just learned the magic key. Yeah. I also usually put... A dash of salt. I think that's that's the key to my margaritas. I didn't do it this time though with the sweeter huckleberries. I didn't want to throw that off. So you don't I salt let the rim. Shine through. You know, I find salting the rim to be a pain, um, and sometimes it's too salty. So I just literally take a salt shaker and just do two or three shakes into my drink. Now, um, I used to be a rim salting person, but it's not it's not worth the effort for me anymore. It does seem like. A lot when you're just making like a drink or two. You're just like, right. Eh. It's like, I'm not going to lay it all on a plate and do all that jazz for it. But uh, that's cool. So the, did the did the Huckleberry come through cr- really, really well? Like, oh, yeah. I, that's a, a good question. Um, yeah, I think um, it really the color is really strong from the Huckleberries, more so oh, than yeah, the flavor. Sure. Um, I think if I really wanted to make this a really strong Huckleberry drink, I would have to add maybe a Huckleberry syrup like a huckleberry simple syrup with some blended huckleberries. 
Um, and again, if I put this in a blended drink, I think that would really be the way to go. Maybe I'll knock this down to four seven five um, <laughs> because of that. But because this is, you know, it is a lot of really strong competing flavors in here. I don't get a ton of huckleberry, but um, but I definitely get enough. All right, cool, awesome, sweet. So, are you uh, the the tequila that you were aging? Are, is it done aging, or are you like gonna continue to age it? No, good question. I took it out. I didn't want to overage it. And I started a new batch of Huckleberry Vodka. All right. Yeah. So I did the same same stuff with just some plain old Stoli unflavored. Mm -hmm. Um, I got it in a jar on the counter. And I think that'll definitely come through. Maybe I'll do a Huckleberry Cosmo. I think that would be really good. There we go. In two weeks from now, not a month. (laughs) Maybe. You know, who knows? I I have other stuff, concoctions brewing on my counter. So we'll see. Nice. See, look look forward to that. More infusions, season two. Yeah. That's what we're all about. We're, we're stepping about up our infusions. game here. <laughs> um, uh, speaking of stepping up our game, what do you got for us this week, Chris? All right. So I'm going to be the, the the meat in this tequila sandwich. Spoiler alert. But Well, it's the um, tequila is the bread. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh, I guess that's true. I guess you don't name it like white bread sandwich. <laughs> Italian sub sandwich. Um, but anyways... I have a beer, of course. You don't say. You ever had a beer uh, before? I d- huh? You ever had a beer before? My first beer. Season two. This time, Chris drinks beer. <laughs> we are way different. Yeah. I'm even drinking it out of a Pokemon glass, believe it or not. Oh, Ooh. man. Ooh. You know what? That you know, a- some things never change. Like Chris's <laughs> inability to pour beer into a glass. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a Chris pour for sure. So... This one I actually got off a uh, shelf down here in a local bottle shop. And, of course, I was drawn to it by the label and the name of the brewery. So this is Blank Brewing, the one that just kicked. So, Oh, I've like... seen these guys on social media. Oh, have you? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's the I haven't. That their name is like literally a blank space, right? Yeah. Yeah. Blank space. Brewing. It's just like six underscores. Oh, uh, Okay. <laughs> The one that just kicked. It's actually out of New York, so it's out. It's from up north. Uh, double IPA, water, malt, hops, yeast, of course, uh, and then eight percent alcohol by by volume. So uh, this one is a little older. I can already tell by the smell. So I don't know how much it was. I don't know how long it was sitting on the shelf, but I know I bought it eh, a little bit ago. So I've had this beer. What style was it? A double IPA. Double IPA. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to butcher the title, to, and Todd, you can read the exact title for me on Untapped here. But uh, they have a beer that's called something like, "Oh, I'll take an IPA." And do you guys sell wine? My girlfriend doesn't drink beer. Like <laughs> have you seen that one? I haven't. No. It's, it's called your favorite IPA on tap. And do you guys sell wine? My girlfriend doesn't like beer. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually pretty awesome. Apparently, they um, only brew six beers. According to the oh, Untapped really? World. Oh, so they're relatively new then, huh? So I know how I know these guys. They brew out of the 12% Beer Project. I've actually had this beer. Um, I'm not going to tell you what I rated it, but I had it two years ago, actually. Oh, okay. Cool. Are you sure you haven't had this beer? This seems like a beer we would have drank together. <laughs> honest, honestly, I don't know, but I'm not going to look. I'm not looking yet. So I want to be surprised again if I have had this beer. Um, but the can caught me because it's just like a like a really quick... Almost as if you were looking at like a a, a black uh, programming screen, and it just says the beer that just kicked. Boom! 
You'll see it on the Insta, of course. Beautiful color to it. Nice orange haziness to it. So uh, head dissipated. Eh, it's still lingering a little bit. So we'll see how we'll see how it tastes though. When was it? When was it canned? Does it say? It doesn't say. I know normally the ba- the bottom of the cans would, but I don't have anything there. But all, overall, it's it's a pretty solid beer. It it feels it's a little sweeter than I think I like my double IPAs to be. But that's the that's what you get when you get a double IPA. You either get the sweet or the tart or like you know it, I I don't see a lot that are both. Primarily sweet though. Uh, I get a lot of like an orange citrusy flavor on the front. The hop bitterness and things of that nature may have fallen off a little bit, but I don't honestly don't think it's too much. It's a solid beer. It's not. It's pretty good. Uh, I would say like your standard hazy double IPA that you're going to get off a shelf. Um, it meets any Haze Boys standards. Right. Yeah, I think so. And <laughs> if I drank this a couple weeks ago, it might have been a little might have been a little better, but I don't think it's going to affect it too much. I think this was just made to be more of a sweet uh, style IPA. But given all that, I'm going to give this a 375. So if you had to guess, what would you think the Untapped Universe rated this? I'm going to say a 4.07. What is it? Did you cheat? I did not cheat. No. 4.06. Okay. Well, if I would have cheated, why would have gone right right for it? (laughs) Okay. All right. So I, I figured I'd be a little lower, but. It's it's a good beer. It is a yeah, solid beer. You were beer. pretty close with the uh, your guess. Yeah, that was like really really close. <laughs> I know. I was pretty close. This is but... what listeners write in. Did Chris just cheat? <laughs> don't you think I would have gotten it right on if I cheated? No, because I think you're a little bit smarter than that. And you don't want to let us on that you had already oh, checked this up. I'm very smart, but no, I didn't do that. <laughs> now, <laughs> now he's not giving on... his Todd Cleo abilities enough credit. I'm very I'm very smart, but not that smart. <laughs> Can you check to see if you've had this before? Oh, you know what? Do you know the answer? Because you're looking at Untapped right now. You know, that's actually a really good question. I'm not that You smart. can see if your friends have seen this. Yeah. You, this. No friend has ever checked this in besides me. Okay. So, no, I have not. <laughs> I don't think they exist anymore. That's interesting. I don't know. What does their website say? They don't... I can't find... I can't find them. Well, with a name like Blank Brewing, I can see why. <laughs> it's really hard to locate them. Did you try underscore, 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 underscore brewing? In, in Google? Yeah, right. Yeah, I just don't know how many underscores, and it doesn't pull up anything. Uh, no, I I just I just checked it in, so there's that. Listeners, if you know anything about Blank Brewing, write in so we can figure out if this brewery still exists or not. Yeah, and I think Tud has deserved his drinking whatever the fuck I was going to say right his, now. His tequila bread. There you go, his tequila bread. Todd, enjoy your tequila bread. Go. Wow. Okay. Well, thanks for that rousing introduction. Oh, Lord. So, um, I'm making a drink that's uh, made by the taco company, Bar Taco, which I actually found out the other day is a chain. It's not just, uh, you know, special to West Hartford, Connecticut, but there's actually like 77 locations across the country. Oh, that's a lot more than I would have guessed. Who knew? Yeah, me too. Yeah. Who knew? They also own Barcelona. They also own, um, I think it's, is it Olive Garden? Like, it's like something random like that. Like, they own... You think they would lead with Olive Garden? <laughs> <laughs> Proud of small restaurants of... and also Olive Garden. And... <laughs> Proud owner of Bar- Par Taco, Barcelona, and Olive Garden. <laughs> So I am making, or I made a drink called the Red Sonja, S-O-N-J-A. So 
If anybody has a different way of pronouncing that, let me know. But because there's no little whoop-de-whoop over the N, I'm assuming that it's Sonja. <laughs> what if there was a whoop-de-whoop? Then what would you say? Sonja. I don't that, Okay. That's how I would probably have pronounced Sonja? it. Sonja? But... Sonja? Son- I don't Who knows? I, I don't speak Spanish. Anyways. Other people write in. <laughs> it's not like yeah. you went to Spain on your honeymoon. You went, right. you went to Italy. Correct. You know? Right. So this is a drink that's made with ginger, um, simple syrup, jalapenos, lemon juice, reposado tequila, bitters, as well as this alcohol called beer quin- quinquina. And I believe we've talked about this before on the, p- the pod of my search for me trying to find this quinquina. I'm trick. not sure. Yeah. Either we talked about it on the pod or we had an in-depth off-pod discussion about you trying to find this aperitif. Yes. Because that's what it is. It's an aperitif, correct? It is an aperitif. Um, I ended up having to go to Total Wine and having them special order it for me. Uh, t- turns out that they will just order anything they have in stock and just ship it directly to the store for no additional cost. So the bottle only cost $13. So that was that was great. That's awesome. But yeah, so the recipe is uh, three coin-sized slices of ginger, three quarters of an ounce of simple syrup, one jalapeno slice, one ounce of lemon juice, one ounce of this beer quinquina, one ounce of reposado tequila, and two dashes of bitters. Like Angostura bitters? Uh, Pechads. Okay. I don't know what that word is. Obert, maybe you can enlighten our, our audience. That's I funny because, bitters. okay, it's definitely a very different flavor than Angostura bitters, if that's what you're calling just bitters. Okay. Um, I don't, it's one of those things that I've read a lot of times, but I've never tried to pronounce it. Like, I, I've, in my mind, it's like pay, pay shards, but I just, There's no R. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Okay. I don't know how it's pronounced, but uh, so did you follow that recipe faithfully? Because that's a lot of ingredients. I did, I did. Besides the fact that I didn't have patriots, I just had normal bitters. All right, so let's see, let's see the drink here. Yeah. So as you can see, it's a little pink. Mm. Um, that color comes from the quinquena. It is the quinquena is red. It's a it's a type of like wine alcohol, I guess is the way I would describe it. I really I can't read the bottle because it's in Spanish. <laughs> um, <laughs> so there's always that. Well, but, is it? Is it an aperitif? Yes. I think I can enlighten enlighten the audience here. I just did a quick bit of Googling. But uh, quinquina, or I don't know how you pronounce it. might be quinquina, but uh, it's an it's an aperitif wine. So an, an aromatized wine. It says here that traditional quinquinas contain uh, cinchona bark, which provides quinine. So that's, that's, what's in, that's what makes tonic water tonic. So that's interesting. That is really interesting. Any anything else? Any of those words? Do they mean anything to you? Any of what words? Am, uh, <laughs> <laughs> aromatized, aromatized wine. That or like, didn't you say something about bark? <laughs> like, yeah, that's that. Well, like I said, that's what provides the quinine, which is what's what gives tonic water its flavor. Mm. Okay, so like the sweetness, I guess. Yeah, not so much the sweetness, but that uh, it's it's that tonic flavor, but. Uh, yeah, it sounds. It also looks like the pronunciation is Kikinya. Kikinya. Okay. Right. Yeah. So for the listeners out there, we will include the instructions on how to make this drink. But just so you're aware, basically you put the ginger and the simple syrup into your mixer, muddle it up, add all the rest of the ingredients, shake, pour over ice, and add a nice little lemon lemon wedge to garnish. Wait, hang on. I thought there was jalapeno in there. There are. There is. Wait. So is the jalapeno diced or? No, you take a slice of it. And throw it into the, the the shaker. So okay. So you do you take the seeds out or leave the seeds in? Leave the seeds in. Okay. So did you get any seeds in your drink, or did you strain it enough to keep the seeds out? These are important s- questions here. So 
I don't see any seeds. Um, I didn't purposely attempt to not get seeds in my drink. Um, but you leave the seeds in so you can get that little bit of spice that you're supposed mm. to get from the drink. Oh, yeah. It, I just would hate to, like, suddenly get a seed up the straw. That would be- make for a bad <laughs> sip, I think. Let's see. I feel, and, like, I feel like by using straws, you're ruining the environment. Hashtag environmental touch. Oh, jeez. Okay. Oh, I thought you meant the drink environment. Yeah, yeah I also no. thought that, too. <laughs> yeah. No, Definitely um, straws. I mean, yeah. certain drinks, you know, I mean, I'm maybe I'm a traditionalist, but I feel like certain drinks you need a straw for. Anything served in a hurricane glass, I feel like it's not the same without a straw. Uh, whenever I drink from a straw, and this is shout out to Dana's aunt Lori, uh, who I assume listens to the podcast. But if you drink out of a straw, I tend to get way more drunk than if I don't drink out of a straw. Yeah, there's got to be something to that because I agree that that happens. Yeah. Okay. All right. Good. <laughs> yeah, and also if you're if you're drinking at home, you, you should be friends. using, and you're concerned about your environmental environmental impact of your straws, carbon footprint. You should. Okay, we're we talking about the carbon footprint. We're we talking about the environmental impact here. I'm confused. Oh. We're talking about the plastic in the ocean. We're talking about. <laughs> anyway, you should you if you're worried about your plastic straws ending up in the ocean, feel free to use a metal straw and then throw that sucker in the dishwasher. There you go. Mm, there you go. That's a mini handle right there. Mini yeah. handle. Yeah. But anyways, let's try this. The, so the idea behind this drink is that with the ginger and the jalapeno, it's supposed to be a little bit spicy on the back end but a little bit sweet okay. on the front end get that so, nice kick all right well let's yeah. see how to how to come out i'm like i don't know i feel out of place because i'm not a big tequila fan and you guys are just just boxing me in with this tequila right now yeah this is this is the drink that really kicked off my tequila love to be perfectly oh, okay. honest you yeah that, right. you did start a text thread being like guys guys, guys. <laughs> yeah, i found a tequila drink i like so you make this all the time is what you're saying i i do make this quite this often. is your go-to tequila drink correct Okay. And now, um, what tequila do you use? I used the Three Amigos Reposado tequila from Total Wine. I think it's I th- one I of I was going to say, I've seen this before. Yeah. And if you have a Total Wine near you, what they do is they have their basically their own brand of liquors, and they get them, they're basically like winery direct, Total Wine direct type stuff. So they get a- Spirits direct. Yeah, they get a, a crazy good deal, and this is like- Decent quality tequila for a pretty affordable price. Yeah, it's I, I like this this what is it, three amigos, three brothers? What is three it? Three amigos. Three amigos. I yeah. figured that, that was very timely for our podcast as well. Because, you know, we are the three amigos. Too bad hey. it's not our tequila. <laughs> yeah. Um but no, it's so yeah, so what Total Wine does is they they contract with some big distillery. So it, it's not like Total Wine, you know, is sitting there somewhere going, ha ha, ha we made tequila. No, they're buying it from Cuervo or Patron or somebody out there, kind of like you know, some of their vodka comes from Grey Goose, for example. See, I always thought the good analogy would be like the store brand of cereal, you know, your Frosted O's or whatever. Like this is their version of that, where it's like it doesn't say Walmart Frosted O's; it says Great Value Frosted O's. You know, like this is right, and they bought like, it from General Mills on the back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, same idea. Yeah. Mm. It's, you know, it's surprising the world of food, how that works. But anyways, enough about that. This drink is fantastic. Um, I tend to throw a little bit more. I like my drink, this drink, a little bit spicier. So I tend to throw a little bit more jalapeno in it than most people probably would. So instead of using one slice of jalapeno, I usually throw three in just to get that extra spice. But yeah, overall, this is a great drink. It's my favorite tequila drink. Um, I'm going to rate this the same way I rate beer, 4.75, because there, I feel like there can always be something better. Okay. Yeah. Well, that sounds good. Next time I'm in town, 
you'll have to use uh you'll have to try one out on me and see how it is because that sounds like a great drink i used i was i had this long stretch where i was making drinks like that all the time now i've kind of pared it back and i rarely do something with more than three or four ingredients i will say Um, it's a little bit of a pain in the ass um having to chop up all the the fruit and vegetables that go into this drink is you know not the quickest thing to make yeah maybe you next time you and your wife caitlin are hanging out you could make a whole pitcher of them and then then you're like oh you just pour more in you don't have to mm. worry about uh, making a fresh one every time. That is true. Next, yeah, very next true. party you go to, you just show up with a picture of this stuff, and then all of a sudden, bam, it's like, who's the guy who bought this killer drink? Yeah, who's the guy who got us all drunk? Yeah. <laughs> but people already know. I mean, they know when I show up. Right. If, if, if they remember Tud showing up, they know who got them drunk. Exactly. Um, I would say, if you like it spicier, have you ever tried it using a jalapeno as a garnish? No, I have not. Maybe give that a shot. I'd be curious to see how that works out for you. I thought you were going to go with, have you ever tried using a habanero in it? And I was going to also say, no, I have not. Yeah, that could work too. Or, right. um, or a Carolina Reaper or something like that. Ooh, yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Come on now, man. You don't want me to like die. <laughs> I don't want you to die. But So there was this guy at work in Connecticut actually he used to bring in like ridiculously hot peppers and just eat them at lunch to the point where he got like red and sweating and we had to tell him hey you can't bring those in for lunch anymore because if you have an episode (laughs) aka heart attack right on on company property it's our fault so (laughs) (laughs) which is a ridiculous conversation to have yeah hey dude you can't eat your lunch you have to make a new lunch (laughs) your lunch is a liability for the company yeah, tame your lunch a little bit, please. <laughs> or eat it out in your car off the property. <laughs> right, exactly. Oh, man. But uh, my, me and Nick, Nick and I, me and Nick, Nick and I, whatever, however, however English, <laughs> me English good. Me English, Nick me, Adams me, and me, Tud, uh, yes. a.k.a. <laughs> this person. We went to a, uh, a wing place that's really close to my house called The Hidden Still and got their spiciest wings, whatever they were. And we got we got we sh- we split a half dozen between the two of us, and we kind of let him sit over to the side so we could finish our other wings. This was like within the past week, and the owner comes over and goes, "If you guys can eat all of those wings, I will buy them for you." So Nick and I, never afraid to turn down a food challenge, decided to eat these wings. And let me tell you, we stupidly ate them all really, 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 really fast. Because there was, <laughs> would you have three wings each? Yes, and then okay, sat there and we're like, it. "Holy hell!" Like everything was on fire. He was like, don't, you know, don't touch your face. Don't go to the bathroom. He's like, once you eat these wings, like you are like locked into like suffering. (laughs) (laughs) This is what the owner said to you guys. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He warned us. We were too stupid to listen, but overall it was good. We got free wings. That was good. I remember going to a local bar in Plainfield a while ago and people used to get like the hottest wings they had available. And these people who... Like, friend of the pod, Josh, and friend of the pod, Mike, I think, both um, both got these wings. And, I mean, th- same thing. Bullets down their bullets down their their, uh, their face. Sweat just beating off of them. And I'm like, how how is that enjoyable? I oh, don't yeah. know. It does. It's beyond me. <laughs> this was like, like, I could feel like my heart start to race. Like, <laughs> it was bad. Uh, I guess so. And then once it's all, once it fades away, you all of a sudden are very, very cold because your entire body temperature is like, you know, through the roof. 
that you just start to freeze afterwards. I've never eaten anything that's spicy, and I have no desire to. That sounds like right. a like a self torture that I don't desire to go through. So part of this, like like if you go to like India, part of the reason like the more southern you get in India, the spicier their food gets, and part of that reason is because they live in a hot a hot climate. So if they eat the spicy food, their body temperature increases, so the air around them feels cooler. No one Google that. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> let's, uh, let's not fact check no, that. That's you not can Google truth. it. Okay, Google it, but let us know if Tud's, if Tud's incorrect. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man. What's that sound? The hurricane has arrived. Hey, Harry Potter's letter has gotten here. I know. Hedgewig? It's been it's been a while, but I think we have a, a mini a mini mailbag to go through. So is it, can is we it open Hedwig up the full size headwig? Is it can we open up the full size mailbag? I mean, okay, we'll open up the full size one, but there's only a few letters at the bottom. <laughs> uh, no, we had a few a few emails uh over the last week, which is good. We love the emails, folks. We love them. So send us your beer questions or comments or whatever. D-A-W-F podcast at gmail.com. There it is. Uh, so, General I mean, thoughts, okay. Obert loves them. So the first one we got here is is a, is a gotcha email. Uh, the subject is free beer. So, of <laughs> course, I opened it with ferocity. Like, I tore into that letter. Just, you know, before I even saw who it was from. Uh, and it, it, it only contained a quote <laughs> from me. <laughs> Uh, saying, I would literally interview anybody, regardless of who they are, if they sent an email with the subject, free beer, Chris. And that's me. That's that's something that I said on episode, was it 50? Was that last week or two weeks ago? Two weeks ago, I think. I think it was think two, it weeks, was two ago. weeks ago. I think it was two weeks ago, yeah. Uh, sincerely yours, Blevin. So... <laughs> but see, he didn't take into account the Blevin rule. <laughs> the Blevin rule. Okay, what's oh, the how, rule? like we don't consider Blevin a person. So <laughs> right. fall under anybody. Gotcha. Right. right. Yeah. You, yeah. In order for anybody to be interviewed, they have to be considered a person. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right. So how about this? How about this? If if we get a few more subscribers on our Patreon, we I will do an interview with Blevin. As much as it kills me to do so. Is this, is, are you saying it's a Patreon-exclusive interview? It'll be a Patreon-exclusive interview with Blevin, our our most our most sincere Enemy rival. of the pod. Our, our most enemiest of the pod. <laughs> yeah, for a long time. For, for maybe our, for new listeners who don't know. Yeah, he's our, he's our enemy of the pod. He doesn't, he is, he, and he doesn't speak English or any language. In fact, he just mumbles and grumbles and grunts. No, yeah, I mean, I, I, I've, I, I've played games with Levin. It's, it's really, it's really. Dis- Todd dis- took dis- this Levin fanfic very far, very fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Todd has his own Levin, Levin lore. <laughs> yeah, Levin, a Levin black story. He was born in the fires of Mount Doom. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he looks like Trubbish, the Pokemon. Um, <laughs> I always thought he was more of a muck type of a character, but <laughs> I, you I know, that was Trubbish. another one. I think he looks like a patty or uh, patty cake squash or whatever it is. Patty patty pan. pan. Patty pan. <laughs> That's a deep cut, man. <laughs> <laughs> Early season one. A, yeah, a right. Gloop, Early gloop. season one. Go back and re-listen. Tell us what what Pokemon we were talking about. Um, so next one was a uh, friend of the pod. And I think Enemy of Tud, if I remember correctly, Drew wrote in. Um, <laughs> we have a very complex 
love triangle relationship on our podcast. Here. Yeah, two out of two out of three folks say Drew is Wait, a friend. Why, so why he's do a friend I hate Drew? Uh, he corrected you on your oh, uh, "What yeah. is the news?" segment a Fuck long time Drew. ago. Yeah. Um, so he he asks, "Are you aware of the local badges on Untapped that give away prizes? Are they common, and how do they work?" Uh, the one he sent in particular was City Steam. He says he has the level two City Steam badge, but he feels like his waitress will be think he's crazy if he asks for his free sticker pack. Uh, what do you guys think? Have you guys have you guys seen those before? I mean, especially Tud, since you go to City Steam every once in a while. I mean, I get a lot of them. I don't think I've ever read what the actual sticker says. Maybe I should pay more attention to it because if I'm or what the badge says because if I'm missing out on free stickers, that seems like an issue. But yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't be afraid of asking at all. I mean, clearly City Steam put that up there for the the sole reason of attracting beer drinkers to their their place. Yeah, and it, the picture he sent has, you know, they have different level. They have different prizes for different levels that you get to, which I want to know is how they check if once you if you're really at level 20 to get that free pint glass or not. So, I mean, if you make it all the way to level 30, you get two tickets to their comedy club show. That's I mean, good. it's it says level right next to it, so you'd have to be level 20 and have to probably show them the app. Yeah, that must be mm. how they check. You got to show them your phone. Right. Yeah. yeah, I think I think you're good if as long as you show them I think you're good. You're good enough to to get whatever it is. And if they look at you like you're crazy, then oh well, you might get free stickers, and a waitress will think you're crazy. But it's, it's. I mean, it's clearly that they're they're doing some type of promotion with Untap because I mean they talk about giving a sticker pack, a uh, City Steam bottle opener, a pint glass, two Brouhaha Comedy Club tickets, a T-shirt, or a Tacker sign, which is like that metal sign that they have. And it probably that's probably like the naughty nurse. You know, yeah, that's not bad sorry. for drinking 500 pints there. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I might have to start <laughs> drinking at City Steam from now on. There you go. Um, and so, wait, can we take a step back real quick and explain what these badges are to people who maybe are not untapped? Well, yeah, of course. I mean, so every once in a while, uh, a brewery or a uh, restaurant will, they actually have to register for a specific badge linked to their own establishment. So when you go in and uh, you check in to these establishments, well, you get you get check-ins towards these badges, and eventually you unlock more and more as they go on. Because I mean, anybody who's used Untap knows you get badges for every every check-in almost. Well, yeah, get. that's that's kind of what I was asking. So more than just the local badges, like what are what are the badges in general? It's oh, for, okay, it's for accomplishing different feats of drinking. Think of it. Think of a beer like a Pokemon. It's like video game achievements is what you're exactly, saying. Exactly. Correct. Yes. So basically, think of a beer as a Pokemon. The more Pokemon you catch, the more badges you get. The more drink beers you drink, the more badges you get. Now, are, how would you guys, do you guys keep track of your badges? Are you, were you at any point obsessed with trying to get more? Or are you still that way? Um, yes, to a point. Uh, if I max out a badge, I stop doing whatever it is. So I didn't even. I mean, I I haven't used Untap nearly to the level you guys have. But I don't know, you could <laughs> max out the levels. I thought they just kept going forever. Yeah, generally they go to level a hundred, which is five hundred check-ins. So, like for example, I have the photogenic level one hundred, which is a photo of every beer. So I've checked in five hundred beers at least that have photos attached to them that you've pick, posted the pictures of. Yeah. Now I don't. Now I don't bother because what's what's the point until they add more. To level one more levels, yeah. <laughs> um, but the one in particular that I always used to go for was the New Brew Thursday, which is 
three if you drink a new beer three out of every four thursdays so three times a month on a thursday uh you get the new brew thursday badge so it's like really i don't know i used to do it when i wasn't working night shift a lot it's one of those more obscure badges exactly yeah and i got up to level 20 some odd like i'm i'm doing all right but that's that's a lot yeah Yeah. now i don't get to drink on yeah now i don't get to drink on thursdays But there are a few local breweries, like King Canary has a, a local badge, but they don't have any rewards with them. It's just you get you go there, you drink a couple beers, and you check them in, and you get progress towards more badges. So even if I've had the brew, the beer before, I check it in because I get more check-ins towards my, my uh, Stay Loyal Fly Royal badge. Stay Loyal Fly Royal. Very cool. Yeah, you know, I, I try not to get sucked into the whole badge thing because then before you know it, I'm like, uh, it's Thursday and it's 11.50. Where's my beer? <laughs> but right, yeah. uh, but um, that's cool that you guys that you guys are into that and have found a few of the more hard to find obscure badges. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I really go after the badges as much as I'm just going after the check-in number. Yeah, yeah. And that's I'm still work, working on my 365 this year. I think I've fallen a little bit behind pace. I got I to gotta pump those numbers up. Weren't you at like 300 last we talked <laughs> No, I think I was at like 180. I think it was halfway. Oh, okay. So I gotta, I gotta work it, work on it. But um, um, while I see how many I actually have, why don't you introduce the next, the next email? Okay. All right. So next email, uh, last one we have today is from friend of the pod Sal. Uh, he'll start off with some general thoughts. So um, you know, he says congratulations on a year of the pod. Maybe thank so. You. Yeah. Right. So thank you. Thank you. Uh, maybe someday I'll go back and listen to the episodes from before I started. But until then, there there will be 15 mystery episodes forever in my queue. So, uh, yeah, uh, Sal, thank you, obviously, for listening for, you know, however many episodes, 37 some odd episodes. Uh, the first ones, there are some good bits, but they're 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 our first episodes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're a little rough. Yeah. I mean, we love them because they're our, they're our children episodes, but still. Um, which actually leads into his uh, his next his next line. Also, his kid was born. For those of you that listened, uh, Sal was expecting. So, congratulations, Sal! It's awesome. I'm so glad that he gave birth. Yeah, I don't know if it was so much him, but his wife, maybe. <laughs> no, we will continue to believe that he until proven otherwise that he gave the birth. Right. But yeah, I like this line. He said, "Born on the fiftieth anniversary of the moon landing." Dante Apollo. Very cool. Yeah, awesome name. Yeah, two thumbs up for name. I would say. I like it. So episode 52, he had some comments. Uh, Italian beer scene is going crazy right now, as Tud explained. Tud mentioned that a lot is based on Belgian styles, but from what I have read and tried, that may have been just the few he had there. Since there is no real beer history slash culture there, all of the brewers had to go elsewhere to learn about to learn, and then they taught each other. So they went to other places, uh, learned about beer, and then came back and they taught folks in italy that's cool interesting yeah so you you get a lot of weird blends of all the great brewing countries combined so that's kind of that's actually kind of neat i mean that kind of coincides with what chris from brewery legitimus said right like he said that a lot of the italian styles are starting or not italian but european styles are starting to take on the american style beers right right yeah just blending all together yeah yeah that's cool italians then put their spin on it and try to make beer this beers that pair well with their food, which of course Tud talked about a lot. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I thought this was interesting too. He said that a lot of the barrel aging in wine it happens with the with their beers because that's what uh, they have a lot of in Italy is wine barrels. So I thought that was that was neat. And, yeah, uh, which would lend more to the the Belgian style that I found myself drinking. Like I said, I, I, I don't tried know. Some... I haven't I haven't had a lot of Belgians aged in wine barrels though. Did you try any wine barrel aged beers in Italy? I don't know. I'm thinking like the fooder that like at like two roads when I went that one time. I mean, yeah, they could, they could be doing that with a wine barrel too. Yeah, but that's not specifically like a Belgian trait. I don't think. I think a lot of Belgians aren't typically aged in wine barrels. I think a lot of Belgians are just aged in their own barrel. Um, but I thought this was interesting too. He calls Tut out, which is you know another another fun thing I like to read. <laughs> Thanks for sending these these Tud call out emails in about the sulfites. You know, I let it go on the podcast about the whole sulfites thing, but he says he backs me up and says that in a wine tasting class here, that's bullshit about the sulf- lack of sulfites in wine preventing hangovers, um, and that in Italy they just don't have to put it on the back of their labels. And it says your lack of hangovers caused by you being on vacation and happy, not a bad cure for a hangover. So I thought that was that was a funny take. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. I don't know. The winery I talked to disproved that. And I was talking to a winery in, in Italy. I'm going to choose to stick with my story. Some people be- believe scientifically backed studies. Some people believe how they feel on vacation. And you know what? Hey. If it know, works for you, Todd, then you know, that's Sal awesome. Said, Sal said that. From what he had heard, it was bullshit from somebody he was talking to. He That's true. We he have, didn't reference we have... any scientific studies. He didn't reference anything like that. <laughs> Scientists write in. <laughs> Scientists write in. There you go. He, he, Until he then, we, exact... just have, we just have two competing opinions without right. real facts. So. He had the same type of conversation I did, just with a different person who had a different opinion. Yeah. Yeah. And for the record, I'm siding with Sal here. I've heard the same thing as Sal. But you know what? <laughs> Thanks for writing in. I think with that, we it's time to, to put these letters aside for another day. What do you guys think? Yeah, that was it. That was, uh, I mean, we got a few, so we wanted to talk well, about them. But... I mean, we have an overflowing mailbag, but we just don't have time. Oh, yeah. Really... No, I mean yeah. that. I mean, oh, what Obert said, yeah, yeah. Too many, <laughs> too many to talk about. So, um, but yeah, thank you for writing in. I appreciate appreciate the emails. Uh, we love them. Even, even Blevins, which we'll deal with. Can we <laughs> on, on another occasion? Should we collectively <laughs> give a big fu to Blevin? Well, you can if you can if you'd like, but I'm not going to give anybody an fu if they wrote an email that had free beer in the subject line. Uh, so. Is also is true. true. I did. Say, I yeah. did say I would interview. But he's them, not. A, so. He's not a person. <laughs> he well, is not a people. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what are you going to do? Unfortunately, they let anybody run a computer these days. Yeah, even dogs. <laughs> even <laughs> even dogs. On the internet, no one knows you're a dog. That's <laughs> true. For all we know, Blevin is a dog. Uh, you never. There's no no. There's no person in Italy saying that he isn't a dog. So that is true. <laughs> uh, but I, so with that, we turn to our favorite segment: our three handles on our frosty mug of wisdom, where we educate our listeners on things things we're enjoying in today's modern world you guys want to kick it off or i can go what do you want i feel like you brought it up you start it okay uh i'll go right ahead um for those of you who follow my personal instagram you'll notice i shouted out a company here um and i feel bad because i think if i'm counting correctly this is going to be the third time i've used socks as a handle (laughs) yes it is (laughs) and the funny thing is i'm not really a big sock person you know it's if you meet me, it's not uncommon to look down at my feet and see two very similar yet not matched socks. 
on my feet. I won't go as far as like a black one and a white one, but I'll have like a new balance on one foot and a similar length Adidas black sock on the other foot. And you know, who's counting? I feel like your fetish might be socks. I have a sock fetish? Yes. I've never heard of a sock fetish before. Based on 52 weeks of, or 53 weeks of handles now, and three of them being socks, I feel like you probably have an obsession and a fetish of socks. Listen, I just encountered a lot of really good socks. What can I say? You've encountered more socks than I have, I think, in my entire life. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, so even with my my lead-in of not caring too much about the socks, I can't hide it. When I... When I meet a good sock, I can't help but rave about it. Um, I I was fortunate enough to meet some people who started their own sock company. And the mm. name of this company is Mammoth Wool. I was talking to them. They're just getting off the ground. And um, they've been selling socks for a few months now. I bought a pair. And these are Merino Wool socks, um, which I don't know. Have either of you guys, you guys are my standing for the audience here. Have either of you had Merino Wool socks? Do you like them? Do you wear them? I've never had any. Unknown. Okay. Not a clue. Well, um, if you haven't tried any, you should try and at the very least next time you're in an outdoors goods store or like even a department store that has socks, just go over and feel a pair because they're super soft, super comfortable, and they have really good antimicrobial properties. So um, you could wear a pair of socks. Like when I go backpacking now for for three, four, or five days, I'll just bring two pairs and then wear switch a pair on and off every other day or when I get back to camp. And um, they do a really good job of absorbing the, the microbes in your sweat and not smelling. So uh, unfortunately for me, it's like I get home and I'm like smelling the sock. Like, oh, did I wear the sock? I don't know. It's, it's Is this clean or dirty? <laughs> but you can't even tell. Uh, <laughs> I am like that. Just put an image of chaos in my mind, where there's of, socks everywhere. What my what my laundry situation looks like? Yes, I, I just I think we I think we've pretty much just settled that. I think you have a sock fetish. No, you're, I mean I have a sock all over explosion. the place. You're sniffing yeah. them. Like you go into, uh, I assume a random basket or something. You're like, did I <laughs> wear this one? <laughs> nope, these must be clean. I don't know. You guys don't do that. Mm. No, no. <laughs> Maybe you it's because we're wearing the wrong socks. Perfectly, perfectly aware of which socks you have and haven't worn in your house. That's cool. I don't have that. <laughs> I mean, currently. I mean, I have which, a dirty. I have a dirty clothes basket where, like, once I wear the socks, they enter the dirty clothes basket. Can I? Can I offer no you guys a real, a, a real confession from my life here? That you have a sock fetish. I've stopped folding my laundry so much. Like sometimes <laughs> I get to it. But a lot of times now my life has devolved into a dirty clothes pile and a clean clothes pile. And sometimes those piles get close to each other. <laughs> There's cross contamination. Sometimes, sometimes I'll be I'll be I'll be getting into bed and I'll be like, oh, time to take these socks off and I'll just throw them at the pile. And sometimes I hit the right pile, sometimes I hit the wrong pile. <laughs> Can I offer you a solution? Um is your sol- solution laundry baskets? No. Okay. Put the yes, piles on different sides of the room. Yeah. That's I mean, the problem. They are. And they're just so large. Albert's <laughs> <laughs> bed is really just piles of accurate... clothes. He doesn't even have a bed anymore. It's just a it's just <laughs> piles of laundry. <laughs> I just have paths along amongst my laundry. Well, We're getting least... so can we can we circle back to my handle? I was about to say, at least you have great socks, so it doesn't matter which ones you pick up. Mammoth wool socks. They have their summer socks out right now. They're coming out with a fall slash winter pair for like a little warmer weight. Um, these are socks that 
I'm not I'm not kidding you. You could wear these socks for four days in a row before they really started to get a little funky. No. What's I mean, if they don't smell bad, no. then you know. Yeah, I mean, so I actually saw your post, and I'm on my feet on concrete in sneakers for ten to twelve hours a day, and even the company responded and was like, "Yeah, these socks are great for you." So, um, and that's pretty cool that the company actually responded and was like responded to yeah. my comment uh, about that. So uh, maybe I'll, maybe I'll give them a, maybe I'll give them a look up. And uh, and and they might get they might get some extra sock sales out of me. So they, yeah, they said that they're very popular with nurses and other you know people who are on their feet all day. Right. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm sure that they're listening to this podcast right now. So mammoth wool socks, reach out if you'd like to be a sponsor of the AWF podcast, and we will shout you. Out. I will wear the socks. And I will even try to wear them for four days in a row if that's the case. <laughs> Of what it takes. Well, that's a shout out if I've ever heard one. That's yeah, that's a blatant bribe from Todd. <laughs> Sp- sponsor the program. Oh, man. Hey, this is season two. Time to have sponsors. I know, right? We got to get on that. I think their socks are like seventeen bucks or eighteen bucks, which is a lot for uh, you know a typical cotton pair. But uh, for merino wool, that's actually a pretty good price. It's not, not uncommon if you use to the see. promo code. No, this is no promo code. This is just like these are how good. These socks are. I just wanted to <laughs> spread the word. But merino wool socks are normally like twenty, twenty-five bucks. So this isn't a bad price. Not if you use the promo code wool socks. Um, with that, I'm going to hand the, handle, the, the the mug off to somebody else. I'll take Who's it. ready? I'll Todd. take it. All right, I'm going to I'm going to do my best to not interrupt you in your handle here. Oh no, that's fine. You can interrupt me all you want. Okay. So my <laughs> my handle this week is going to be semolina flower. So I told everybody that I was going to start adding in Italian things. So semolina flour is the type of flour that they use in Italy to make most of their wheat and or gluten products. So such as pasta and or bread and or pizza crust. Um, It is naturally gluten free. So as somebody who has a gluten intolerance, this guy with two thumbs who's pointing at himself, you are able to actually eat the food that's made with semolina flour. Um, So I've heard of white flour. I've heard of wheat flour. What is semolina flour? Ground up semolina. (laughs) I'm grab you must have known this This question was coming, Ted. So semolina flour is the coarse, purified wheat middlings of durum wheat, mainly used in the making of upma, pasta, and couscous. The word semolina can also refer to sweet desserts made from semolina and milk. The term semolina is also used to designate coarse middlings from other variants of wheat and from other grains such as rice and or maize. So it's, got, so it's made from the same stuff that white flour is made of, which is wheat. It's made from durum wheat, which I think is the difference. It's called because durum wheat is also called pasta wheat or macaroni wheat, and it's a it's a species of wheat. So, what do they just grind the hell out of it? Get grind all that gluten down? I think so. So, rather than using regular wheat, uh, they use this special breed of wheat called durum wheat. So, I think that in the U.S., we don't use durum wheat as much as we probably should, considering that it's a very popular wheat outside of our country. But it's naturally gluten free. Very cool. Does it taste good? It tastes so. It tastes exactly the same as normal flour. Oh, um, it's just a, you know, it's just for somebody who has gluten intolerance. I don't know if it's fully gluten free. So yeah, no, you nope. You you already said it. <laughs> so it's it's don't su- bother Google. <laughs> it's supposed <laughs> to it's supposed to be gluten free. I think that if you were somebody with celiac disease, you should probably do a little bit more research than somebody on a podcast telling you to go try it. <laughs> but as somebody with a gluten intolerance, I can tell you that I ate it for two weeks. 
and it did not make me feel sick. Fair enough. And is it sulfite free? Is the important question. Is it sulfite free? Yeah. No, but the <laughs> wine is. Okay. <laughs> so one last thing to add in for semolina flour it is it in Italy it is used as an alternative to cornmeal at certain times because of its closeness to maize. Ah, interesting. So with that, semolina flour. Chris, have you <laughs> cooked with it yet? Have I cooked with it? No, I've yeah. eaten it. I ate it for two straight weeks. I understand that. Have you cooked with it? No. Okay. Okay. You gotta you gotta let us know how it cooks. Yeah. You got that's that's your podcast homework. I will say Tud's a Tud's a pretty solid cook, so I mean I know. Especially of Italian food. Yeah, especially with that. But um so I'm I'm curious as to see how it how it affects how it affects your your recipe your recipes. Yeah, and it, it like I said, you know, it doesn't taste any I mean, at least to me when I was there it didn't taste any different. Right. So um exactly yeah. the same i think was the direct quote right <laughs> when when we were doing our pasta making class that was the flour we did use when we were making our pasta i didn't cook with it somebody else did still tasted the same but nice. you made pasta with it so i right yes i was there so i witnessed you, it occur wait but did you make the pasta or did you just watch somebody else make pasta i made you know two or three raviolis and two or three pieces of pasta sure did wait the raviolis are pieces of pasta correct we also made fettuccine and uh, oh, the long, the long one, the long pastas, the Correct. long thin pastas. Yeah. <laughs> Correct. Very cool. Yeah, you'll have to, uh, you'll have to try some, try making some back in the states, and let us know if we get the same semolina here, or if it's just an Italian thing. Okay. And so with that, I'm going to hand the mug over to Chris. All right. So my handle tonight is going to be a YouTube videos. Well, YouTube video or set of YouTube videos, and. I don't know if you guys have seen this, but someone from Polygon made the perfect pokey wrap. I don't know if you guys watched that or not, but I have seen this video. Yes. Okay, you have. I think I think I'm a few months behind when it actually came out, but uh, I only came upon it recently. So, so as somebody who doesn't know what it is or what a pokey wrap is, what is it? So, if you go back way back to like 1990, whenever the first Pokemon. TV show came out, they had what was called a poker wrap. At the end of every episode, it was broken into five parts, and they wrapped all of the original 150 Pokemon. Well, someone took it to the next level, uh, which made it sound better, uh, added some comedy, and uh, they also like took into account... <laughs> I mean, it's hard to explain, really, but um, they listed all 812... Well, they... Uh, and air quotes here listed all 800 and i believe 12 pokemon <laughs> that are are out currently so um there's there's two videos there's one where it's just a song which um we can put in the show notes but then there's another one where he actually does a presentation at pax east i believe uh and goes through how he made the song and like a bunch of other comedic bits it's pretty funny i i thoroughly enjoyed it as a pokemon nerd and I've been listening to it because it's it's, it's kind of catchy. Like I don't know. And I wish like one of these days I was like, ah oh, man, I can I can recite the entire original poker rap. <laughs> so I was like, which maybe was I a, can... which was like 150. Right. I was like, maybe I can recite all of them. <laughs> uh, so far I have. So far I can't. But um, it's it's a lot of fun. It's if you're it helps if you're a Pokemon nerd like myself and uh, or just love corny puns or yeah or just love corny puns. Yes. Um, but I enjoyed it quite a bit. Uh, check it out. We'll put links in the show notes. Ober, I know you said you you saw it. Yeah. Uh, so I thought that 
you know, when I saw the description, it's like, oh, poker app with all Pokemon. I'm like, the last thing I want to do is sit here and listen to somebody say 850 Pokemon names. <laughs> but like, not to give away the bit, but at one point he's like, and all of these, and then points to a screen and it's a list of like 100 Pokemon. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. There's so definitely he, some he, some funny audience percip- participation in there. So They do a good job of updating it and keeping it and making it funny without boring boring you. But, How long uh, is I, it? I got a chuckle out of it. I think it's like eight and a half minutes or something like that. Eight and a half, nine minutes or something. So, so I, got, yeah. I got to dedicate a decent chuckle of my day to that. <laughs> I mean, I guess if you look at it that way. <laughs> I mean, these people already listen to us talk for an hour. So. That's true. That's true. Well, they so. get to hear this voice. I guess that is also, I mean, I'm not going to lie. This dude's got a pretty solid voice. So, you know, it is there. That's there. That's that, you know. Would you say it's smoky and smooth like mine? No. No, I wouldn't say it's smoky and smooth like yours. It's it's a little bit more, it's a higher pitch for sure than than even my voice is. So it's not like, you know, but I think he's got a good voice. But but check it out. We'll put some links in the show notes. If you love listening to Pokemon names for about eight minutes, then it's definitely up how can you not listen at that point uh but it's pretty funny cool and so with that we're going to thank the breweries and or distilleries that provided today's drinks i will go first and i will thank three amigos for their reposada tequila as well as the beer quinquina 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 quinquinta whatever it is at least you made it easy to edit (laughs) (laughs) i'm just gonna leave all that in what kikina Oh, the beer Kinkina. I'd like to thank Blank Brewing with the one that just kicked. And I'm going to thank myself for making some great tequila out of my Hemidor Reposado tequila and adding huckleberries. Please go on to all social media and follow us at DAWF Podcast as well as hashtag follow the email at DAWFpodcast at gmail.com. Make sure you're sending your general thoughts like Blevin or uh, Drew or Sal. Or anybody else who's sent us a mail. Uh, keep on sending the mail. We love it. Also, make sure you're going on to iTunes and giving us a five-star rating and leaving a comment. The comments and the five stars help people find us. And it's really the way that we're judged on our quality of our work. Make sure that you're going on to Patreon and subscribing there. Somebody still has to pay $25 so Chris can drink the Bud Light and Clamato live with somebody on a video chat. As well as make sure you're using our Amazon affiliate link. Today's featured Amazon product, you guys can go on there and support our show, is a 100-year-old balsamic vinegar. And the little blurb is, you've been waiting your whole life and then the life of your ancestors for the most amazing vinegar experience. This may be it. Aged for a century and sold in cases of four, this balsamic is definitely a contender for the most expensive thing on Amazon. Go check it out. It comes in. Well, how much is it? Comes in at a smooth price over, I'm glad you asked, of $2,970. What a steal. It's I know, really right? affordable. Yeah, for something older than the three of us combined. Right. Yep. And, and you, you get, get four, of four of them. Right, yeah. So it's really yeah. 400 years old. <laughs> That's how aging works. Right. Oh, man. So with that, my name is Tud. My name's Chris. And I'm Obert. And remember, if you're drinking alone, do it with friends. And now the new theme song. All the folks of mine. Maybe I should... Time for me and Tud to grab a beer while you grab some.